and away they go. Wicklow Brave is tanking along for Paul Town in the coming there very strongly now. And Wicklow Brave sweep past the whole field in the county. Hello and welcome along to the At Long Shot Value podcast with Aidan O'Hara, who is the curator of all things Long Shot Value. Aidan, welcome along. Well, Liam, how's it going? Yeah. Back uh, again this year. Back again this year for Cheltenham Preview and myself, Liam Lenehan as well with Aidan. Now, it is our first time doing this podcast in person. We did the last couple of years uh, remotely, so great to be with you in the flesh, Aidan, doing yeah, it. And a lot closer than the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Australia and, and Ireland, definitely a good distance apart. And Aidan, a few changes for you this year in your getting ready to your preparations for Cheltenham. You're, you're flying over this year to Cheltenham. We're flying. We we flew once before when there was boat trouble and we thought we didn't like it, but we're going to go for it this year. The flights look kind of good. It's going to take a lot less time traveling. Plus, there's the kicker. We might have we might be going to Darren England rugby match, so we have to fly to get back for that. So let's hope we're going to that. Yeah, that is worth. Uh, those tickets are rare and hence seed at the moment. So if you've got a couple of tickets for that, it's definitely worth going. We look. We have a great pe- preview coming up. I know a lot of um of your followers on Twitter have got through come through with a, l- a lot of questions that they've asked you for for this episode that we're going to do today. We're going to go through and preview the four different days. Uh, so coming up first, we're going to have a look at uh, day one. Okay, in day one, and the Arkle. The Arkle. We're only really going to talk about races that I have something to say about, so we're going, not even going to talk about a lot of those other races. The Arkle, earlier on in the year, I fancied before I even ran over fences, St. Rye at a big price. and We tipped anyone who's following me on tip, Twitter, we tipped him up at 33 to 1. He, he's there now, he's fourth favourite, he's about 8 to 1, so we have the value. We I did tip win only, it's one of the things... Anti-post, I generally won't tip, tip each way. I, I just don't think it's value each way. It would look it now. But anyway, we're on a 33 to 1 shot, a 10 to 1. He still has a chance. It does look a stronger race than what I thought it might be. I thought it might be a two-hour race between him and John Bon. El Fabiola, Dicer Dynamo. It's one of the races of the festival. I'd be happy with our existing bet. I, I'm not sure where else I'd go or make any other changes. So it's just looking forward to that race and hoping Sanrai can come up the hill like he's done a few times in Cheltenham. I'm thinking we have value at 33 to 1 anyway. Value at 33 to 1 there. And, and second race, you're looking at is the Ultima? The Ultima, yep. I don't really fancy any of the Irish horses in any of the chase handicaps. I think the UK um, runners are, are better handicapped because they've been coming down this year. It is This is not my best race uh, over time, but um, I like a couple of really long-priced ones. Goodbye Bobby, who has good farm in the past, may well be getting ready for this, may well be ready for this. The trainer like does, I mean, everyone loves a winner at Cheltenham, but particularly um, Goodbye Bobby's trainer. And I like Silver Hallmark at a huge price, who, who looks at particularly big price, 66 to 1. He has plenty of good farm. He's kind of unexposed, really, at this trip as well. I may not change from those two. I mean, obviously, we look at them once the cards are out. But um, those two, to me, look like two decent, big price horses that stand a chance and the type of thing I'll be going for in this race, I'd say. And Aidan, Steve Moulting has been in touch on Twitter. No Irish winners in handicap chase last year. A blipper, would you be sticking with UK-based chasers? Um, I'll be sticking mostly with UK-based chasers. I, I don't think the Irish horses are that handicapped. I do 
there's one I, I do like Kilcrut in but I'm I'm totally unsure as to what race he's gonna go for. Um every year, about two or three weeks before Cheltenham, I replay last year's Cheltenham and a couple of the things I picked up from that was Kilcrut has run well last year, better than I kind of remembered. And he's also been second in the bumper. So in one of the chases, depending on his price, depending on which one he goes for, I'm interested in him. He might be the only Irish chaser I'm realistically in, interested in, in the handicaps. So, you know, they're probably right. I, I, it'd be mainly UK runners I'll be going for in the handicap chases for sure. Today, obviously, big race on, on day one. We have the champion hurdle. Um, how did that go for you last year, your tips? Yeah, last year, I, I really fancied actually St. Roy at a huge price in it. And um, we actually backed him at 80 to 1 each way. He obviously finished where all good each way places finished, one place out of places in fourth, but he ran really well. So, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, it was probably a decent pick. We didn't get paid, but it was a good, it was a very good race. Um, this year, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tough race. Constitution Hill is, is you know, just, just going to win it. The second place even looks locked up as well. So it, it's difficult to find the value, but I do like. Over the years, horses that have been placed in the champion hurdle tend to get placed again and have done so many a time at big prices. And I've picked them at big prices. My tender euros springs to mind. These kind of horses. So if Sharjah goes for this, I, I thought he was definitely going for it. There is a chance he's going for a handicap on the final day and we'll be interested in him in that as well because he's off a decent mark. If Sharjah goes for this, he's 50 to 1 each way. I prefer him than some of the, the likes of I like to move it and some of the other the, um, English horses. I think the race will be run to suit him. So if he runs, I'd like his chance to go into place. If he doesn't, Zanahir is similar. He's been poor this year. He did improve last time. He's 80 to 1, which is a big price. And I just fancy either of those two horses to get it, get near a place and their value to place. So we'll we'll probably we'll end up with one of those and we'll want to do it. Um, I've already backed Sharjah anyway, and I, I've tipped it up each way. If I feel Sharjah isn't going to run, we'll back Zanahir each way. And then finally, on the final day, on day one, in Boodles. Yeah, this is one of these things where I'm kicking myself. I, I Sundial is a horse I picked before Christmas for this. And I haven't, I've kind of been minimising my anti-post bets. So he's got into the race, and but he's after being back today. Now I'm hopeful that on the actual day, he'll still be a decent price. I was kind of hoping for, a, a, a say, a huge price, like 40 to 1. I don't think he'll be that. But I'd be happy enough he's 28 to 1. He's just something, he, he just looked like he had a decent race in him. It was I wasn't convinced by some of his runs. And at Christmas, he, you know, he went off too quick. He still finished reasonably well. I just think he's been set up for this race. And his flat farm is actually decent. And he had improved to the end, uh, to a good maiden win in the flat, in Navin, on soft ground. So I'm probably not going to be changing for him. I'm just going to be waiting for extra places and hopefully a bigger price. And Aidan, look, on that, we got a, a tweet in from Todd Sparrow. Do you follow trends, etc., on placing a bet or purely just go for a horse you think of a good chance of winning or placing? No, I don't, I don't follow any trends whatsoever. Now, other than one that I'm on a long, long time, which is Cheltenham Festival Farm, means more than anything. So horses that have run well at the festival, not just at the course, the festival farm. Now, most other people are cutting on to that now in the last few years as well, but that's the only kind of trend. But I'm never looking at percentages or anything like that. I'm just, you know, each, i kind of looking at each race fresh. 
Thank you, Aidan. Thanks for the tweets. Keep them coming into at Longshot Value to Aidan. He does like getting back to you and will be tweeting live at the track as well over the coming days at Cheltenham. Okay, coming up next, we're looking at day two. Okay, Aidan, first up, day two, the Coral Cup. The Coral Cup. Um, it's another one where I had one picked Beacon Edge. His price looks to have gone down. But as I, I looked earlier on today to try and find something else, I, I got a bit excited about brewing up a Storm's price. He's he's a quality horse. He's He's got off 148. He's just won a really good race his last run. I'm kind of surprised that he's not maybe another four or five pounds. He has some good runs at Cheltenham and he's a massive price. I think he'll be one of my picks anyway. If Langer Dan goes here, uh, it's not my style to be picking, you know, near favourites, but he just could be so far ahead of the handicapper that I, I kind of fancy him as well. He's around 10 to 1 at the moment. I'd be happy with that. I picked him at 6 to 1 or something for the Martin Pipe last year. You know, he definitely he definitely has a, a, a stone in hand there. So, But brewing up a storm is my main long shot for that, and I've literally only come up with that today. And he's 33 to 1. On the day, we'll probably get five, six places. He's a very solid horse. I, I'm liking that value, and that's a relatively new pick. And then Champions Chase. Yeah, very good race again. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with a not-so-obvious bet in this. I'm going with non-runner no better. If if Shaqan Persuad does turn up, I don't think he's 40 to 1 to um to get involved. We're kind of really, we're kind of unsure at how de- how good Edward Stone, Editor Digit, Blue Lord are, these kind of horses. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but Shaqan Persuad has had plenty of bad runs. But when I looked back on his farm during the week, I was having a look at this race. It, it, there's not as many poor runs as I thought. And he was running, he looked to be, he looked to be going really well last year in the championships. He was jumping well, just got cowed, slipped on landing. I, I think 40 to 1 is a massive price. I'm sorry to betting on the fact that maybe Edward Stone and Edward Jeet aren't, you know, aren't as good as they look when they're racing themselves. So um, he, to me, he looks the value, and um, I'll go for the 40 to 1. We might back that earlier than the day. we probably back that maybe soon because you'll get three places now. There's a kind of a risk that there might be less than eight runners in this, so I'll be back in that one the next day or two, and it's 40 to 1. Looks value to me. He's the sort of horse that on his day could do anything. He's 11, but that doesn't matter really in champion chases, I don't think. There's been plenty of older winners. And Aidan, on that, we have a tweet in from John saying, do you have a set routine when you're over at Cheltenham and when you're at the course, as in, would it be drink, parade ring, bet, grandstand, or, you know, would you have most of the bets done on before you made it to the course? Are you influenced by any whispers for a horse at the course? Well, I'm not inf- influenced by any whispers. Um, I have to, in the past, I've, I, you know, when we're, I mean, I'm there, I'm betting on every race. I, I don't have long shots in every race. The odd novice hurdle, you'll hear something from the Willie Mullen stabler, this kind of thing. And, you know, we'll go with those horses when I don't have another tip in it. But no, I wouldn't be listening to any um, I mean, you'd be broke if you backed every whisper you heard at the race course because anyone who's there thinks they have a chance. Um, I mean, it's a kind of a set routine. You don't, you have less time than you think in Cheltenham to go from the watching one race, get down to the parade ring to hopefully cheer in a winner, maybe get a coffee or something like that, which you may or may not, you won't have time for it every race. Go through the crowds, back your horse, and get back up in the stand. Now this year, and last year as well, we've got the members' badges, which are definitely worth the money. They're, they're not really, it's not much extra 
than just the normal paying in for the four days. You can go another um, few days where we've, we've gone to November meeting, which is excellent. But it means you have a member's grandstand, which is not as busy, and you have a member's you know pavilion or whatever, you can go in and sit down. So that, that is actually a big, it's a big advantage. And I'd say anyone going every year, it's worth the extra hundred quid or whatever it is the first year to get the member's badges. We found it's definitely worth it. And have you, like, the prices have gone up this year, Aidan, have they across the board? Um, They have, Thanks, yeah, yeah, but I, I suppose I'm not, I mean, there's lads complaining on Twitter and stuff like that, but for this, for Cheltenham, I mean, it's worth it. So, I mean, well, I suppose it does, if you're from Ireland and you're travelling anyway, I mean, the ticket cost is like, you know, is it one-fifth of the car? I, I think that's all it is. So it doesn't affect... It's different if you're from the UK and you just want to get a train and go to race, it seems, okay, it's 80 quid in. But of course, anyone coming from Ireland is paying, you know, 10 times that to get over there and stay there for the week. I would say it's still a value sporting event on any of the days. If you compare it to a, a single soccer match, like a, a premiership, a proper premiership match, top of the table match, it's... 60, 70, 80, 100 at least, to get in. At least, yep. You're going to get, if you're going on any of the days, but say the first day in Cheltenham, you're getting some of the best racing, sporting atmosphere of the year and a fabulous course, fabulous town. There's no, I don't see any negatives to it really. I think it's still value, plenty of value. There you go, plenty of value. You've heard it from Aidan O'Hara. Okay, and the third race in day two, cross country. Okay, the cross country is a race we have a great record in. I mean, I do concentrate on this thing and a lot of people don't. Um, it's a tough race this year. I was fairly sure I had a really solid bet in it. And I'm still happy enough. I, I really like Martel. I picked him for the only other race run this year. And he got placed for us at 50 to 1. I, if the ground is better, I, I think he'll love it. I think there's nothing. There's Delta Work and Galvin. Anything else, there's nothing between them. And I just think that on decent ground... If, if it's decent, I mean, he'd be go okay and, and soft. He'd still be okay. He'd still be value. But on decent ground, I reckon he'd get the trip better. And 40 to 1, I would not back that now because on the day you're going to get four or five places. But that, 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 that's going to be critical in this race because you have two of the places are just gone. Delta Work and Galvin, very likely to be first and second. I don't think Franco de Porte is going to go. I would fancy Martel over most of the other runners in it. So it's 40 to 1 each way. That would be one of my... One of my top three bets of the festival, and uh, he, just, I, you can see from he, he loves this course, and he was a reasonably good grade at Harsey's Good Cheltenham Farm. I fancy him forty to one. One of the bets of the festival, I think. Yeah, now no. I have to say one other thing, name that I forgot about. Early on this year, I was um, all over Easy Land, expecting him to come back to farm at some stage. I haven't tipped Anti Post at thirty three to one. I expected him to run well last time. He didn't. I mean, I w- still wouldn't be surprised. If you know if he ran better here, obviously I'm backed already, so it doesn't really matter. But I'd probably be, you know, I'd still want to have a bet on him on the day with extra places, just in case. Obviously, he's quality and he's he's won this before, beating Tiger Roll. Doesn't really look at this year, but still, uh, just with the trainer, forty fifty to one is probably still worth a bet. And then you you mentioned as well around you know you you don't always back on the big ones when you're at the at the course itself and we have a tweet in from Jared Ty saying I'm a lucky fifteen each way merchant hoping for the big one to land your four best hopes at long odds also handicappers seemed overly harsh on the Irish this year or are they much better than English? Uh, the Irish horse, I mean the the hurdlers they might be kind of harsh on. I, I just the the Irish horses are generally better. In fairness, the English handicapper is probably getting it right. He, they you know they do need to even the playing field a bit. Um, 
the lucky 15 we, we'll do that at the end I, I think I have it I've got to I, I have I have four or five anyway for that and I'll pick the best of them and Martin will be one of those anyway but the, the, you probably want to be waiting till the day before because you want to get you really want to get the extra places on those each way lucky 15s at the big prices so we will be giving out a, a, a couple of options for lucky 15 right at the end Okay, we'll do that at the end of our segment on, on day four. Still on day two here, Aidan, and the Grand Annual. Yeah, call me Lyrene is a horse I kind of expect to get better. I mean, I think he'll be, he'll be, this is, it's an Irish chaser now. Um, I expect him to be better in this race and improve. He has, he's won a really good handicap Dublin Racing Festival last year over hurdles. He looks well treated enough. Maybe this is the plan. Aside from him, I like two other horses. So I'll end up going with two of these three. Rouge, Rouge Vif, just he looks an obvious one. I hear a lot of people talking about. It. He's a class horse. He's off a good mark. He could easily be too good for these. We'll have to see how he goes. He showed a bit the last time. He's still a decent price. But one I'm picking out, which nearly done a good turn for his last year. Dancing on my own is a huge price for this, and I think he's a spring horse. I noted him running well in this until, um, I don't know, he nearly fall or got, he, 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 about four or five out, I saw him running well, so I picked him for entry, and he just got nabbed, he, he almost won at entry, a very similar race to this, this course I think will suit him, he, he probably needs his ground, if the ground is decent, he's in the, he's in the 50 to 1, 66 to 1 range, definitely interested in him on decent ground, now we've actually, oh no, we Okay. Yeah. Right. That's it, yeah. Okay. That's okay. And the last race on day two, Aiden to Kim Weir. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if next destination, who's a horse that used to be Willie Mullins and Paul Nichols, very good horse, very good off a break. He could be just. He could be far too good for these. If if he's um, back to, I think if he's entered, Nicky Henderson is not that. You know, he doesn't do a lot of. Um, he doesn't do a lot of entering horses for no reason, but. In the Kim Muir, he's top weight, but it's not that great a race. I would really fancy him. The one I picked out, though, at a big, big price, and I'm probably hoping for softer ground, is Hill 16. His last couple of runs have been very good. I, I, like, I really fancy him to be placed now, and particularly run well in the National as well, after what I've seen. He's a big price. It's just, we'll wait until the day we're going to get six places in that. I think if he's there, the ground is anyway soft at all. I can't see him being out of the place, and he's thirty-three to one at the moment. So that's that's a big price. He's one of the you know my main picks, I'd say as well. Next destination is one that look if he's back to farm, he, he's going to be um, he could be tough to beat in this, but he's fourteen to one as well. That's probably the two we'll be going for in that. Lovely, thank you, Aidan. Okay, we're going to come back next with day three. Well, Aidan there just got ahead of himself with the Kim Muir. Obviously, he's on day three, not on day two, but he just had his notes arseways there. He's very excited about the next few days. So we're late recording here in Kilkenny in Ireland, half ten. Uh, he's getting a bit sleepy. He's getting a bit older. So, Aidan, on to day three now, per temps. We've already Perfect, done the Kim Muir. Yeah. Now, the per temps, uh, there's two I like in this. Beer Gills is a, you know, he's a kind of classy novice from last year. This is a gut feeling one. I wouldn't be surprised. He he just about he made a fair effort to try and scrape into this race. This race you have to qualify for. Scraped into fourth on his last run. It's been lightly raced. His mark is definitely workable on a lot of his kind of novice farm. So he's one I'm just hoping this has been the plan. 
which again this trainer you know the, he, he are, you know they they like the, they'll like a winner. I tell them like anyone, I suppose. But some of his farm reads well. I noticed him the last time. I kind of I'm hoping he's going to run well here. He's a big price. He's twenty to one. But something that I found early on today that it's even at a bigger price, a much bigger price. And I'm surprised he's a big price. Mocha Devasi, his last two runs have actually been very eye catching. He really looks like a stare. I mean, in Cheltenham in January. He stayed on to be fifth in the Ballymore Novices hurdles, like a trial. Came from miles back. He was only one twenty-two. Looks, he looks a better horse than that, and that was over two mile four. He's going to be suited by the step up and trip. And then the next time, he ran against one of the favourites for this race, walking on air. And again, he was outpaced. He was miles back, and he he just he finished his race really well. If there's a negative, he's only a five-year-old. But I w- I'd be very um I'd be very happy with those last two runs, and you know you're looking at uh, maybe a sixty six to one shot here, um I'm unlikely to change from him. That that's definitely value. I see he's maybe fifty to one. That's definitely value, and he's such a he looks like such a strong stare. I'm thinking he, he's not going to be off a light weight. He's going to pass a fair few of these up that long straight. So um I think he's great value. Next one, Aiden the stairs hurdle. Yeah, I've liked Paisley Park since the beginning. I liked him last year. We backed him each way and he got into third. I think he's as good or better this year than he was last year. Um, I'm finding it hard to... I'm not sure about the Irish farm. I think they all look very similar. I, I It's very hard to tell with it, but a lot of it is the same as last year. Blazing Cal, I, I'm not 100% sure he hasn't run in a race like this yet. Tahipu will need it soft, I'd imagine. If you rule out those two, or if you're against those two, Paisley Park is so likely to run past a lot of these in the last um, furlong or two. He'd get the strong pace he needs here, especially now Florin Porter's in it as well, more than likely. Um, I think he's going to pass a lot of horses here. And I, he might. He has actually looked better this year in two of his runs. The reason he's a big price, his last run, you know, it didn't go well, but it was a way too slow run race. It's just not going to suit. You know, it was slow run because he was right up at the pace. He normally wouldn't be. He likes coming through horses, and the horses have to be getting tired at the end. I still fancy Paisley Park, and now he's getting to a price where each way is kind of interesting. You know, he's sixteen to one. I wouldn't be surprised if he got twenty to one on the day. It's a lot of good Irish horses. I I can't see him being not being out of four. We might get four places on the day. It'd be a lovely bet. So I, I'm not going to change from Paisley Park. You know, he's going to be value. I think. And then tweeting here from at old underscore triangular. Any f- horse you feel you've missed a price on, um, look, he's also asked about a lucky 15, which we'll do at the end of the, of the show today. But are any shorter price horses that you fancy above even money, but not at big prices? Um, well, I, I've missed the price. I've missed the price on um, Sundial, really, especially considering I was kind of talking about with my brother before Christmas. We'll see, though, often these horses... On the day they go out to what you kind of hoped for anyway, so I'm hoping that uh, he goes out to a decent price. I mean, there are a few others, but I I tend to just if I haven't him backed, I'll, you know, you want to be re looking anyway. I kind of forget about him at that stage. Shorter price horses, um, there probably be plenty. I I won't look at those until the day, and I do. I mean, as I'm there, as I said earlier on, I'm I'm backing in every race because I'm you know I'm there watching it, and there'll be a few shorter price ones in it. Um, I, 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 the way I work with charter prizes, I need to think that they're exceptional value and a much better than their price before I'd be bothered um, 
back in a short price arse. You know, say something at two to one. I, I want to, in my head, think it's you know much shorter than that, six to four or less or evens before I'd be bothered backing it because I'm a small stakes punter and. You know, winning a couple of quid is not that. You know, I prefer to find something huge and get a big win, maybe less regularly, but, you know, it means something when you get it. Yeah, okay. Keep those tweets coming in at long shot value. In the plate handicap, then, and the final one we're looking at for day three. Yeah, we've already backed, uh, anyone who's following me on Twitter, we've already backed battle over Diane each way. I just liked his last couple of runs in Ireland. I think this is his trip. I'm hoping he goes, but it's none runner, no bet. Anyway, it was 66 to 1. It was far too big a price. But I, I'm beginning to think this 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 race, I'm beginning to think Warlord is possibly one of the bets of the week. He's a really he's a really good novice. He's really eye catching in the Arca last year. And I, I just think he's underestimated. I'm kind of surprised that he's um he's still twenty to one. He seems like an obvious um an obvious horse for this. And what was he, he was fourth in the Arca last year, but he was staying on you look at the horses ahead of him and behind him. That was a very good race. Off the mark, he's off now. I, I I really fancy him for this, and he showed a bit more the last time. I think he I think he's going to go close, and one four four is a very good mark. So he he does stick out for me in this. Now he's one of my in that lucky fifteen. He's going to be one of those. Um, I think he's a great chance. I I think he's you know he's an underestimated horse, and I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been backed in shorter. Thank you, Aidan. That's day three coming up next. And finally, day four. Okay, and first up, the county hurdle. Yep, again, like the um, like the champion hurdle, I, I like Sarge as a horse. He's rated 155 in this. If he's on any kind of farm, off 155, he'd be top weight. But he's going to be very hard to beat. I, I just think there's a difference between grade one horses and, you know, like him who's been placed twice in a champion hurdle. I think he's looked okay this year. I, I'm not as negative as, as plenty are about him. I, I think he'll be hard to beat. He's about 12 to 1. We don't know if he's running yet. I'll wait till today. Because I, I have two outsiders picked as well. My main one is an English horse, Milkwood. It's a horse I've, you know, I've... I've I picked him last year. He fell at the last, not in Cheltenham, um, in Newbury afterwards. He ran a really good race in the Galway Plate as well, which is as tougher, tougher than this. I seen him the last run. He he's ready for a big run, and I'd be convinced he's going to be involved here. He's off a good mark, twenty five to one. On the day we're going to get six places. He's a very strong traveller. The race is going to suit him. He's my main pick in it. Bally Adam as well. I'm kind of surprised. I, I would think Bally Adam should be something like second, third favourite in this. He really caught the eye at Dublin Racing Festival. I, I don't know why he's still 20 to 1. If he runs here, he's going to get involved. He's a class horse. The both of these, uh, Bally Adam is going to get involved in the race. Has a chance of winning. Caught the eye in this race last year and without when he didn't have a good passage. So both of them I like. Um... But Milkwood is probably going to be my main pick, Some, somewhat depending on what Charger does. We'll be back in Charger to win regardless. So I'd probably pick one of those two to go with Charger if Charger's running. If he's not running, I'll, I'll be back in both of them. Thank you, Aidan. And then the Mayor's Chase. Yeah, um, just looking at this earlier on, I, I kind of wondered what happened to River Detail. Um, I actually thought she was retired or something like that. Turns out she's running here. Um, it's had a wind up and that kind of thing. When you look at her farm, I think... She possibly has the maybe the second best farm in the race, which means her you know her price of up to 
up to 20 to 1, you know, is far too big. Like her racing last year, she was racing against the co- the the Geldings all the time. She was fifth in the Arkell, second behind Blue Lord, Fernie Hollow. That kind of form reads, and even this year, first run this year on Decent Ground, she was second to Captain Guinness. That kind of form reads really well in the context of this mayor's race. And I would put her ahead of uh, Impervious, Jeremy's Flame. If she's anywhere back to farm here, that's a big price. That's We're going to be backing that each way. If she shows up, I, it might be as well to back that soon enough. I think if she shows up, people are going to start looking at the farm thinking, well, how, how can it be 20 to 1? Um, that's one of the better bets. That's a good, I think that's a good bet. And um, she's a surprising big price. I, I just, I actually didn't realise she was still running. So um, I'm happy with that. I won't be changing from that. The favourite could be very hard to beat, but you don't want to be afraid of one horse. Um, Riviera de Tell is definitely has strong enough farm for this. And finally, Aidan, obviously we have the, the Gold Cup, which obviously you know gets a lot of attention on the last day, being the biggest race. You know, what's the excitement levels this year for the Gold Cup? Ah, it's a fantastic race, and, and this year is as good as any. Um, it, it's. I mean, there's a favourite. He's too short. Galloping the Shams. We're not 100% sure he's going to stay. Look, he probably will. He looks very good to me. You have Brave Man's Game won the King George by an offence practically. Aplutard, who's last year's winner, last year's win was one of the most impressive Gold Cup wins you'll ever see. I mean, he sprinted away. It looked like he joined in on the turn and just sprinted away up the hill. He's had one very poor... He's only had one run this year. That was very poor. But Gallop and the Shams will want to be as good as they think and he possibly looks he might be. If a Plutard is back to farm, he's beaten all of these, the same as he beat most of them last year because that finish up the hill last year was kind of remarkable. Um, but I'm hoping Gallop and the Shams is, you know, proves themselves. Of the big price ones, I'm unsure if he's running. I kind of always fancied Franco de Port as the type of... I mean, it seems laughable he's 100 to 1 or whatever. We'll get four places on the day. I fancied him as the type of horse who can run into a place if there's a strong run Gold Cup. So if he's running, probably back him each way. But it's it's not a race I have a strong opinion on other than um, if Aplutard is back to farm from last year. He's going to be very hard to beat. He's around 7, 8 to 1. Seems like a bit of value, but I'm looking forward to watching that race. Yeah, we'll all be tuning in for that one. And just a circle back before we finish up around uh, the lucky 15. Okay, well, the lucky 15, uh, Warlord is the first horse in it, anyway, for sure. Uh, Mortal in the cross country. Hill 16 in the Kimmuir. And what else did I say? Probably at the moment, um, it's it's Paisley, it's Paisley Park in the stairs. If we get the four places first, or um, Riviere de Tell in the Mayor's Chase. So there's five there. You could kind of... Yeah, I'd be picking the first three and you could pick from those two for the other two. I fancy them all to play strongly, which is, you know, what you want in those each way lucky fifteens. So those are those are five anyway. I mean there's I've loads of other ones picked. There's some forty, fifty to one, uh, low stakes, each way lucky fifteen and some of them pay dividends all right if a couple of them place like Mocha Devassi and that battle over dying is a huge price. You know, we, we we do pick a lot of big price horses, so hopefully I mean we've been getting them you know, two out of three years, we'll say over the last maybe 15 years. So we've had a good run at the last couple of years, that's maybe three years. So let's hope we can get another one in this year. And then were you up on last year? Yeah, um, we mentioned in the podcast that if it rained, we're going to back third wind. And as it turned out, uh, it lashed on the Wednesday, I think. 
it ruined my main bets of the uh, probably of the week. Uh, call me Lord, that can he's never going to run in the the bog on the um, Wednesday. But it meant that we then picked Third Wind, who I'd seen run in the bog before and run well for the per temps. So we had him at twenty five to one. We also had Call Me Lord in the per temps at thirty three to one. Or sorry, not Call Me Lord. If the cap fits, and we had a sixty six to one play. So it was actually all on the Thursday. Just so to show the way the long shots go, we had nothing Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday, and but we had it all on the Thursday and ended up with maybe eighteen twenty points profit for the week, which is. You know, which is anything in profit at all during Cheltenham is fine. It's not our best Cheltenham, but, you know, it's still a decent profit. If you're a 10 or a pint man, it's it's 200 quid. Yeah. Up, yeah. coming you, home. You'll take that money in your pocket, oh, yeah, coming absolutely. home. Pay for a few drinks on the boat or the plane. Aidan, uh, you will be tweeting at the track next week? I will. I'll have tips in. I mean, a lot of them are probably, when I look at them, some of these may or may not change. I think that some of them won't be changing. I, I fancy some of these now. And, um... I'll be tweeting in the morning or in the evening before the race and a lot of the big shots. I then tend to, <clears throat> as the prices change during the day, I might, some of the shorter ones, I, I'll get interested in like the Supreme. If one of the, um, who I think is a horse with a decent chance, they, they're going to start going out in price. One of them's going to get to a ridiculous, Illitate Thompson might go to eight, nine to one, something like that. I'm going to get interested in that. So, But that'll be closer to the race. That's the way I'll do that. I, actually, in the Supreme, I never mentioned it in my list, but Dr. Bravo seems a great price at 20 to 1, considering he ran um, Sharjah quite close um, in the in Gorn, in the Red Mills Hurdle. Looks like it could be a very good novice, good price, 20 to 1. But we'll see on the day. There's a few. Those kind of races, I'm interested. Obviously, I'm looking at them all year, all these horses. So I'll I'll make a judgment when I see the prices, who what drifts, what doesn't. And I'll be wanting to kind of get the value, get as big a price as I can, you know, probably closer to the race. But I, if I have something like that, I'll be tweeting it as well. Okay, thank you, Aidan. And look, and thanks to everyone for getting in touch to us on Twitter, on at Value. Keen to hear the feedback on the podcast. Send through your comments, your thoughts on what Aidan has predicted there over the four days. And obviously keep a close eye out on, on Aidan's tweets over the coming, over the weekend and also on the track while he's there next week. So thank you, Aidan. Thanks, Liam. Looking forward to, to next week. I'm sure everyone else is. And we might be back for a post episode, Aiden, if, if you're up. Do you know what? We will do it this time. We'll do it this we time. We're that every time. We're, we're going to do a review. We will do a review show. And we might pick a few horses, like a lot of the other million shows on YouTube. Yeah. We'll pick a few of interest for the things that are coming up, like the National and for next year's Cheltenham. We'll do that. We will, Liam is here now. It's I'm here. I'm in the flesh. He's here. It's, he lives about 200 yards away. We can get this done. So we will do about a week after Cheltenham. We will do a, a, a review show. Okay. All right, Aidan. Thank you. We had the music going there. We'll give it a go again, and we will talk to you with on the review show soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Aidan. Bye bye. Coming there very strongly now, and Wicklow Brave sweep past the whole field in the county.